I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, after last week with Lakey on the pod, fellow Cowboy fan, I've got here with me probably someone who's not going to be as happy to hear that song there. Anton, great to have you back on the pod, mate. Probably not so great timing for you, though. Hello, mate. Yeah, lovely to be back on the pod. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a voluptuous weekend. Uh, voluptuous, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed the game. Voluptuous. Yeah, it's been, you know, lots of ins and outs and lovely curvy bits and some bits that I didn't really want to celebrate, yeah. But, um, yeah, the game against the Cowboys, <laughs> you and me, we've come together and, uh, yeah, it was a close one as I expected, but um, unlucky on the day, but well done to you boys. Oh, mate, it was uh, absolutely never in doubt. I said when we were six points down with seven to go, whatever it was, I just said, CHT is going to bottle this from 10 metres out and lo and behold, there he did. And, and uh, obviously Val Holmes is going to kick a 40 metre field goal. It's just in the waters. Yeah, well, Val, Val needed the confidence boost of the four origins. So, you know, there's lots of um, lots of fans of the Queenslanders over the ditch. So that's uh, that's one little play for, for Val that he can, you know, kind of hold on to as he goes into the origin arena. I love it. Uh, speaking of origin, we've just had a, a bit of breaking news. Obviously, the New South Wales team, I don't know why they're bothering trying, but they've named their – it's a 19-man squad, uh, fresh, hot off the press. It's not that surprising. We've – Heard a bit of rumblings during the week about some Penrith players getting a call up. Obviously, Brian To'o and Jerome Lua, they're both going to make their debut. So that's not too surprising there. What do you reckon about Jerbo at, uh, at Prop Ford, though? That's a bit um, bit of a head-scratcher, as is Tarek Sims getting a, um, well, I guess a fortuitous ride into the side with Frizzell going down earlier today. But, yeah, strange couple of Fords there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's going to be strange to have New South Wales be a bit short on props. But it just seems like that's where we're at this year. Um, I'm just going to say we because uh, I'm just going to um, mark myself as a New South Wales supporter. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it seems like we're just a bit light there. And um, harsh one for Clemmer because I think, you know, he, he obviously um, has been in and around the squad for a long time, but he's been really out of form. Um, he might even be carrying a bit of an injury as well from what I've heard. So, um yeah, it's I'm not I'm not quite sure how that works, but he you know he's a ball player as well, so it sort of gives a bit of extra dimension there. But um, interesting to see how that works out. And the Toto call as well. That's you know I mean a lot of people have him, like almost everybody in the top ten thousand has him. So um, it's a bit of a um, a strike for just about everybody. So it sort of cancels that out. Um, but yeah, Trebojevic, I'm not sure how he's going to go in um, as a starting prop, but we'll see. Yeah, it's all, I guess, meat and potatoes. He'll shovel the ball on all that 
kind of stuff. So I don't see it being too much of a, a, a tough one for him. Um, any names that you were surprised not to see or maybe for Supercoach, any names that you wanted to see there uh, that haven't been named? I know um, you're kind of nervous leading up to this game. You buy a plan for weeks on weeks and weeks. And then it just gets ruined with injury suspensions and origin call-ups. But any names for you that you'd hope to see there that aren't? Well, the main ones were um, for me were Madison and Clint Gutherson. I was hoping those two were there because I don't have either of them. Um, and I didn't intend to buy them for the purposes of round 13 either. Um, I've used max trades so far, so I'm pretty keen to Love just it. hold on to my um, hold on to my fullbacks as they are. I've gone for Turbo. Um, actually, no, I have James Tedesco there now. He'll become Ryan Pappenhausen when he becomes free. But um, apart from apart from that, I'm pretty keen to just you know hold fire on as many tr- unnecessary trades as I can. Um, I think a lot of people. And this happens every year. Focus on that round thirteen, <clears throat> that that first um, that first Origin round, and you know just make sure that they've got as many players as they can. And then when it gets to round seventeen, you know you try and shuffle your side around, but then you kind of realise, oh well, I don't actually have that many trades left now, so I can't I can't bring in the, the amount of players that I want to bring in. So there's a few players I think that you know um, I'm happy to hold on to. I'm happy to happy to cop maybe having a couple less than. Uh, I would like for this round, but you know, uh, certainly not not worth ripping my side apart. I don't think you know just to get that one extra name that that might score well. You know, I've kind of had a, had a plan the last couple of weeks, so I'm just going to stick to it. Yeah, love it. And obviously, we got the the five trade week as well. I think it's between round fifteen and sixteen. So I mean, that's the week where you go pretty hard at um, at round seventeen as well. So having burned all your trades, so it's uh, going to make the the run home a little little nervy. Um, I, I mean, I think we we spoke off air. You're you're sitting around the ten fifteen uh, k mark, maybe. So you kind of got to go hard at the buyers, I guess. Yeah, it's it's one of those one of those ones, and I think a lot of other people listening to this uh, might understand. You know, when you go, um, you sort of go, are you a head to head player or an overall player? And then you get down to about 15,000 at about round 11 or 12, and you go, oh, I'm a head-to-head player, actually. I was doing that all along. Um, <laughs> <laughs> always. Always been an H2H. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, look, you know, I've, I'm kind of – unfortunately, I have one foot in each camp. I always start the season only playing, only playing overall, but I have been playing in the same league for, you know, probably 13 years with family back in NZ. So there are certain matchups like, I had this weekend where I had to cancel out Nathan Cleary as captain for the guy who I was playing against. And otherwise um, I would have looped uh, Nico Hines, but um, I had to cancel him out and I um, managed to beat him, but it probably cost me a lot of points. And that's, that's the kind of, I don't know. It's the, um, it's the poison chalice that I like to drink from. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, I think overall, you know, I am going to probably use the next few weeks to just maybe bring a couple of people in, but I'll I'll try and be a bit more conservative between now and 17 um, and use the buy round to really really bring in those must-haves or injury cover. How'd you go this week? So obviously you got the win over the brother. That's a big tick. As a head-to-head player, obviously that's what you're going for. But uh, how'd your overall team go points-wise? Yeah, we're pretty good. 13-32 at the moment before updates. Uh, I was pretty happy with the new inclusion, so I went for Brandon Smith from the Storm, who um, he and Nico Hines seemed to be doing a tag team, throwing the ball to each other and flopping over, so uh, I was pretty happy with that. That was a good start. And then Matty Burton as well. Um, so 
he was he was kind of a right around 13 purchase but um i also like the fact that he's got that flexibility with halfback and five eighth because i have tyson gamble floating around there unfortunately as well so if someone goes down i i don't really want him to be the guy who has to fill in um he'll be playing next week i um, of course, but um, apart from that, I don't really trust him to be a reliable scorer. So, so Matt Burton in the centres, you know the way the Panthers are playing, um, I've got I've got no reason not to not to start him in my seventeen each week, especially if they've got a agreeable matchup. Um, so yeah, those were the two big guys, and obviously uh, a lot of people had Laurie um, Hines went pretty big, also David Fafita, um, who I held. There's just some guys where Ooh, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes you have to choose who you're gonna who you're gonna trade out and who you're gonna hold on to. And I think for me, he's a guy that I was always wanting to get back. And I, you know, he was so expensive to bring in when I brought him in. I just thought, like, right, you're gonna sit there for the season, my friend. Um, so he was held, and I've done the same with with Angus Crichton as well. I know he was a popular sell last week, but I just know I'm gonna need him. And in the forwards as well, it's quite it's quite hard to find, you know those really reliable guys front rows a lot is, is a lot harder but um even the second row is sometimes proving quite unreliable so i'm happy just to hold on to him um and then the other guy was harawira nader who's uh who played really well for the raiders this week um and he's just becoming more and more that 80 minute guy and um he looks one of the most likely guys each week when he takes the field for the raiders even though maybe they're not at, at their strongest right now he always seems to be giving it a red hot crack and hits the line pretty hard. So um, 60 in base this week, which is pretty good, and final score of about 82. So uh, I won't be selling him anytime in their future. And, yeah, a good round 17 number. A lot of uh, a couple of things have picked up there. Very wise calls from someone who's burned all their trades not to trade out for Fida and, and Crichton. Very, uh, yeah, just just a smart play, I reckon. And uh, the best pronunciation of CHN's name I think I've ever heard on this podcast obviously goes without saying when we get the Kiwi on. Um, and and overall, it sounds like you had a pretty good week. I think you said thirteen thirty uh, off air. Yep, thirteen thirty two at the moment. Lovely. I think uh, you pipped me by about seven points. So you and I, I think, had very uh, or very decent weeks. Having a look around at some of the other scores in here, I've taken a look through at most of the leagues. There's a lot of eleven hundreds, uh, mostly twelve hundreds to thirteen. I think is the where most people have landed pre updates. But yeah, geez, it's a it's almost almost a really Big week for getting the captaincy right. So you talked about a couple of guys like Nathan Cleary, obviously not going to the moon like he has been over the last couple of weeks in a pretty down game for him. And then Tommy Turbo this afternoon. Just if you got, if you had a captain on either of those two, and you did go Nico or someone like that, it basically made or broke your week. Um, so I think that's going to be the story for a lot of people coming out. All right, Anton, let's get into the usual gear. we got the Rocco Flopper and Shocker of the Week, uh, the trade fail. We'll go through the injuries and suspension news, and then the game by game. So without further ado, let's go to the Rocker. Generic rock sound 101 right there. <laughs> Rocker, of course. Uh, I thought I might have given this to uh, Dan Gagai, but no, I've gone Nico Hines. I thought the way he t- towed up the, st- the Broncos, I should say. Uh, got to watch it live. He's a... Pretty handy player, just pops up everywhere. As you said, him and Brandon Smith had it going on um, in that game. So if you had both of those guys, what a storm connection uh, you've got. But, geez, so he's playing for a contract, and at this rate, like there's got to be a fair few sides he'd walk into. Yeah, Heath Ledger playing for a contract. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's had a long time, you know, sitting on the bench, and it must be 
must be hard for a guy like that who who you know who knows that you know a lot of other clubs would be falling over them, themselves to get him. So he's got his chance now. Um, he's got his chance now to prove what he's got. It, you know, and it's it was it was always uncertain as to how many games he was going to get. So every time he takes the field, he really needs to he really needs to show what he can do. And I think he's been doing that pretty well as anyone who's, who's owned him has, has, has seen, but also just an NRL as well. I think the way he handles the ball and the way he kind of floats, he just has that, um, that little acceleration uh, explosion that helps him to get on the outside of players quite easily. He doesn't even look like he's breaking a canter, but he kind of skips to the outside and he knows when to throw that pass. So um, yeah, anyone who's, who's been, had him in their side the last couple of weeks. For me, he was quite an an easy VC. I, I thought with the with the matchup, but knowing the captains as well, like I think a lot of people would have been on uh, VC Nathan Cleary and mm. the C for Turbo as well. So uh, it kind of left a lot of people in a tricky situation. But um, yeah, I can see why he's the rocker. He's got the do as well. <laughs> he definitely does have the look. Twenty four years old too, so it's not like he's a spring chicken in that sort of sense either. So as you said, very important year coming up for him. And he, who knows, he could be at the side he towed up this week, uh, just next year. So long uh, long season ahead for him, but, geez, he's looking good stepping into that uh, Pappenhausen boots there. Uh, the flopper of the week. It's a funny one because Captain Man himself, Semisonic Lakey, he called him out. He said to you and I during the week, like, you just can't go against Tommy Turbo on a sunny Sunday afternoon against the hapless Knights. And what do we get? 34 points and a Knights win. Who saw that coming? Mate, it was all all the all the, the logical reasons to do things, and that's what you try to base your decisions on, like what makes the most sense. It was all, all the stars were aligning. And, I, you know, it was the same for Cleary as well. I mean, they were playing against the Bulldogs, who were $21 to win. And, you know, and the Bulldogs turned up. You know, and they actually defended pretty well, and they made them work for their tries. They really made them work for their tries in the in the first half, at least. And Newcastle did the same. You know, there was there was no Caelan Ponga, and so I think a lot of people thought, well, you know, this could be a really big day out for Tommy T. But I don't know whether you saw the game, but I, I saw the the first half before I was um had to go uh, and and attend to something my son was doing <laughs> that he shouldn't have been doing. But uh, yeah, it's um. He he was do, running running a lot of decoys. I noticed, and there was a lot of kind of um, attention on him, obviously for obvious for obvious reasons. But he was running off his brother's shoulder quite a lot, and they would throw it out the back. So um, that was the reason I think he he probably uh, wasn't the recipient of a lot of attacking stats in that first half. And then um, and then yeah, he kind of he kind of increased his, his workload perhaps a little bit in the second half. But yeah, th- yeah, the night's just too good in the end. Yeah, it's a pretty rare one for him. Only 12 runs all game, and I think it was just a real weird possession game. A lot of sin binnings, just stop starts. So I think Tommy Turbo didn't have a lot of momentum in that one. He did throw a late uh, line break assist for Garrick, I think it was, down the edge. I mean, that sort of bumped him up a little bit. But without that, I mean, he just, yeah, it was a it was a quiet old day and, and a rare miss. Uh, so I'm not really sure what was going on there. I, I did see the Knights tackled him pretty well. So, I mean, you've got a target. He's got a target on his back. Normally he defies it. But whatever reason, somehow the Knights uh, stuck strong. Shocker of the week. Really don't know what to make of this one. Corey Norman, uh, 107 points, not even getting a try. Uh, going through the scores this afternoon, I saw that, and I don't know what to make of it. Dragons got pumped, but yet Corey Norman tunned up. <laughs> Again, who sees this stuff coming? 
yeah, he was just he just seemed involved um, in a lot of the plays. A lot of it wasn't in scoring plays as well. So he had the two try assists as well. But you know, there were twenty six tackles, which is you know he was working quite hard in the middle. Um, and then there were some line break assists as well. So you know, I I actually did notice a couple of the touches that he had in there. But it was quite an open game. I remember this one. Um, it was mm. quite end to end, and they were throwing the ball around a little bit. Hunt had a really good game. Um, but yeah, I mean the Tigers just too good in the end. But um, he did he did have a lot of fairly good touches, and he has those games from time to time, old old normie. But um, yeah, he's he's quite he's quite hard to rely upon in, in year seventeen. But um, just every now and again, you get a game like that. Mm, I think he's been a never again for a lot of super coaches since probably twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, twenty ten. Who knows? It's been a long time coming. Mwah. That's the sound reserved for the trade fail of the weekend. For me, I haven't even bothered going much further because I did it myself. Viliyama Kikau called him out during the week. I said, can't go this badly the whole season, right? And he goes out and gets 32. So I think without even going any further, I know there's usually weird trades, people trading out Nathan Cleary and all that sort of stuff, but I'm going to give it to myself um, this time around, Lakey. Uh, Lakey, geez, too used to that. Anton, <laughs> going to give me the trade fail of the week. You've uh, obviously excelled in that uh, this time around, but for me, uh, I called him out as being an option, and uh, look what he did. Thank you very much, Billy Kickow. He owes me about 200 points next week. Get into a bit of the injury and suspension news. <laughs> Uh, suspensions, a big talked about one here. There's so many sin binnings and high shots and everything. It's just hardy mouth stuff for any of you super coach players. Highlighted a couple here. There's quite a, a, an extensive list, but a couple of the notables. Your boy, Reese Walsh, one to two weeks. Uh, not ideal for anyone hoping for some fullback coverage with the likes of Turbo and Tedesco out, but it was a pretty decent elbow. Yeah, he got him pretty flush. I was, you know, obviously watching the game. I, I did the odd, oh, what was that for? And then when they, <laughs> when they showed the slow motion, it's one of those ones where you sit down in your seat sort of thing and you kind of go, I hope no one saw me stand up just then. That was pretty bad. So, yeah, he's he's naughty boy. I think he got he got roughed up a little bit and he didn't really like it too much. He's going to have to learn to roll with that kind of that kind of um, forearm to the face a bit, a bit, a bit smoother in the future. But, um, yeah, he lost his rag there and he gave it to him. So, Probably fair enough. Lucky we've got that, um, you know, that that other fullback floating around RTS who can who can fill in a little mm. bit of fullback if needs be. So that specialist good. winger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Luciano yeah. Lelu, another one, one to two weeks. Uh, he was a, a possible buyer this week given the round thirteen coverage, but that's a, a bit of a stinger for owners, unfortunately. Good and today, too, David. Luciano. He did, 75 points. I was quite surprised uh, to see. He's been doing okay out there in the second row. Obviously not as much talked about this year, given he's not um, not that uh, early season cheapy sort of buyer. But uh, Luciano was firming for a decent shout in round 13. Not going to happen by the looks. And the other one on the list here, David Klemmer from today, uh, very late in the game, but put a shot on Ben Trebojevic in his two seconds on the field. Shoulder to the head, he could be out for a week or so. So if you've got him as buy coverage that's a bit of a bit of a tough one to swallow as well a couple other smatterings of uh, suspensions but nothing overly notable in the 
injury front, though, geez, today was a bit of a, a shocker. You had uh, scratchings during the week, and this probably actually cost people uh, most, particularly those that might have looped. But Josh Schuster and Kurt Mann from today's game were both scratched. Schuster looking at one to three weeks, so a bit of a tough one again. If you've got him, that would have broken a lot of people because he was this, you know, the last game of the round. So uh, I don't know if you still own Schuster, but, yeah, real rough if you try to play him at your 5-8. Yeah, I've I've actually never had Schuster, so he was one he was one that got away, um, and I just couldn't get him in. I had other problems in my side, and um, I had Munster at five eighth, and 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 Watson, who I couldn't move up to um, up to hooker because Simpkins was there. So I kind of missed the boat on on Schuster, but then yeah, I was kind of smiling to myself when he pulled out because my brother had him, so that was that was all good for me. That was good. Um, but yeah, yeah, some some notable uh, notable injuries there. It's, it's actually quite interesting that um, you know, Man missed the game as well uh, for the Knights, and you know they had quite a few out. So you know they did pretty well to contain Manly. Based on having a look at some of the comments when Man was ruled out, I don't think it was uh, overly looked down upon <laughs> by some Knights fans that he wasn't going to be there. But I mean, good news anyway for Connor Watson is that he got out there for the full eighty and, and killed it. So Kurt Man, if he you know hopefully. Un- not for him, but for Supercoach anyway, if we've been selfish, three weeks would be great value for the likes of Barnett and Watson. A couple of other ones from today as well. Tyson Frizzell, he looked set for an origin stint and maybe this ankle sprain late in the game has ruled him out, uh, possibly two to three weeks, according to our mate NRL physio. AJ Brimson, another origin candidate, bone bruising one to two weeks uh, in a bit of pain coming off the field for 10 points today. So tough one for him. Sam Walker, shoulder issue he's been carrying, I believe, for the last few weeks. He got a spell um, with the buyer this week. It sort of was a bit of a no-brainer. But uh, Sam Walker, he's on the decline in terms of value, so possibly a good trade-out a uh, week ago or, or this week even. And then the other one I've got down the notable, Lockie Fitz. Uh, again, it's selfish reasons, but he copped a very bad shot. I don't know if you... You were attending to your two-year-old, but and uh, went to tackle Kepi, I think it was, copped a knee to the head and looked very, very bad. So could be a week, uh, week on the sidelines for Lockie Fitz. Uh, but yeah, so I've had a quick look around at the wash-up. Uh, physio is your best friend for this kind of stuff. But um, I guess for anyone whose favourite Supercoach player or Round 13 by whatever was not read out in those two lists there, I think you can breathe a sigh of relief. And we finally got into Round 13, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's always always a nervous wait when you've done all this buy planning and you've got your you got your team there, and with these new rule changes, it just it's like running the gauntlet every week with like right who's who's going to be on the bench, who's going to get suspended, who's going to get injured. But um, thankfully, I kind of got through this one pretty good and um, quite happy about that. So hopefully, there's a few people listening to this that have um are in the same position. But there's a few notable names there, so surely a few people might be might be caught a bit short. Certainly will. All right, Anton, let's take a quick little break and then we'll come back and do the eight game by games. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All righty, back to run through the eight games that were over round 12. And let's start at the top. Storm getting a job done over the Broncos, 42-12. As we said at the top, rocker of the week, Nico Hines. I don't think we need to say much more. It seems to be the fullback spot for the Storm. It's just an absolute uh, shit super coach points when you're there. B Smith, though, uh, I don't know if you, well, obviously as a new owner, you would have just had head in hands when you saw him uh, getting taken off the field for, I thought, a night ender. He was, yeah, not not looking too flash, but he did get back out there. I assume the nerves were high. Yeah, he got knocked off balance a, a, a little bit. And I kind of, when you saw the vision, he kind of wobbled a little bit sort of thing, but it didn't look like the starry-eyed kind of wobble that you mm. sometimes see from people. And then, you know, once he... Once he got through that, he was kind of he kind of looked okay, but um, maybe it was me just willing it to be fine, you know, kind of going, he's fine, he's he's fine, and not, yeah, he'll wipe that off. He's a, such a tough bugger, this guy, blah, blah. but um, I did breathe a sigh of relief when he came onto the sideline holding that little card. I was like, oh, thank God. But um, but yeah, so he he played he played really well, I thought, and um, you know, he's just really nuggety. He's involved in everything, and he's if you if you kind of show him half a gap, he's just going to try and take it. So. Um, yeah, that was one of those games where if there's some loose ruck defense, you know, they'll, he'll expose them for sure. And, and the Broncos are on the receiving end a little bit there. Um, Hughes, Hughes is another, one of those guys where you just thought, you know, he could be in for a really big night here as well, but it was, it was often out the back or, or through the ruck where a lot of the, um, a lot of the attack happened. He, he iced a couple of nice, nice little, um, nice little plays, but for the most part, he was quite quiet. He didn't really have to involve himself as much. So. So, yeah. bit frustrating, that one. I was a new owner of Jerome Hughes this week, so I decided to go him. I thought 700K, a bit of a big price to pay, but I thought a Broncos matchup at Suncourt, where they historically go very large, would be set up. And then in typical, I've just traded this guy in fashion. Nico Hines makes a break and decides to cut him out, and I think basically throws a forward pass that didn't get called to go to Cooper Johns. And I'm going, Hughes is right there. What are you doing, son? (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like he knew he was in my brother's supercoach team. So I was, I was out of my oh. seat. I was, it was how was happy days, happy days. He's like, no, not you, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> this rivalry between you and your bro, it's uh, unreal. But I can see a lot of uh, Christmas time might be a fun one. It'll be opposite ends of the table, opposite ends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he got the one TC to his name, Jerome Hughes. So he did uh, struggle to get involved a little bit. I thought he could have put a few players over the line, but they were just held up and that sort of thing. So still a decent score for someone who, uh, yeah, was a little quiet on the night. Other one of note, um, obviously Pangai Jr., thankfully not named in origin. There was some talk there, but I think Fittler's uh, gone the other way. But 64 points in 80 minutes, doing a job. Uh, I think he'll do a good job in round 13 as well. So not doing anything dumb. And if I thought there's a player that's going to get tripped up by these new, uh, this new crackdown that seems to be a bit off and on uh, so far in round 12, he would be the guy. But I think so far, I don't think he's been binned. No, he's been a very good boy, actually. And uh, I, I don't know whether that's a conscious effort or just, or just plain luck. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's um, I, I think, you know, a lot of people who have him in, in their side 
uh, will be breathing a bit of a sigh of relief that he didn't get named in Origin. I I, I think he might he might have actually burnt a bridge with Freddie in the past, just some of the comments mm. he's made or some of the things that he's done. I don't think he's he's the type of player that he wants in his in his side for whatever reason, uh, which is great news for us, but not so not so great for him. Um, but I'll be looking at bringing him in next next week. He's one of my targets for sure. And that front row is such a hard position this year. Yep. No, exactly. And he's he's definitely doing a serviceable enough job and fine. And he's much cheaper than, you know, an Isaiah Papali and those other sort of guys in and around that spot. Yep. Other one of, of note, Keenan Palacia. Uh, he played his second game, 70 minutes for 39 points. Obviously had, a, I think, a try the week before with an 80. So going to have a pretty decent negative break even heading into this week. We'll play round 13 as well. So starting uh, a possible buy, a downgrade if you need to find some cash, but uh, doing a, a decent job out there. Anything else in this game for you, Anton? Well, the 47 from Anthony Milford was a bit of an eyebrow <laughs> raiser. I, I can see a few people leaning forward in their seats looking at that figure and going, I would love a 47 next week, let me tell you. But, but you don't can just hear folks. that that trade-in button getting smashed come just, tomorrow, Arvo, from Wilfred. Wilfred Z. Just Come that on, finger son, do just it. wobbling over the trade button. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, but don't do it, folks. Do not do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. Well, hopefully he he played uh, pretty ordinarily uh, despite the 47, but you'd hope Tyson Gamble comes straight back in. That, that was the one risk that Milford might actually have a decent game, but I don't think, I don't think there was much chop uh, in that game. So hopefully Tyson Gamble slots straight back in. But yeah, well done. Well done, Milford. <laughs> Probably won't spend too much time on this one for your sake, mate, but Cowboys 29, uh, flogging the Warriors 28, a huge win. Big Val, second ton of the year, uh, second ton in a row, actually. 100 points for him, couple of tries in the winning field goal. Surprisingly, it could be almost 700K. So he's, he's kept his price relatively stable so far this year, but hasn't, just because he hasn't had a couple of big games like this, but uh, over the last couple of weeks, just putting try assists on for fun, line break assists. Obviously, we'll go to Origin, so, you know, might get a rest or so. In it around that, but uh, for now, uh, available at centre wing, doing a job. Yeah, Val is looking like one of those really just reliable players in your centre wing. Uh, there's there's not a lot of of risk there, even even you know if um, if the Cowboys are up against a stiff opposition, he still he he seems to be involved in just about all of their really good sweeping attack moves. Um, I was really impressed also with Jake Clifford in this one. I thought he played really well in that game. Um, and then the other guy of note as well, um, he's, I don't know if he's, he's really an, an option for Supercoach at the moment, but the way the Warriors' side's configured, Ewan Aitken just seems to be such a beneficiary of RTS playing outside him. RTS often comes inside looking for work, and that moves Aitken to the wing. So that he was the recipient of a couple of really good balls in the weekend. So he's just one I'm sort of keeping my own eye on a little bit. He has been relevant in the past. Um I'm probably not going to go there for at least a couple of weeks, but yeah, it's just someone I'm looking at as well. And also Cody Nicarima as well. He's, he's just that um, uh, option in, in your halves there at your backup half that, you know, has flown below the radar quite a lot, but he's kicking goals and he's dual position as well. So in that round 17, he's, he's someone that um, I actually started the season with him and he, he did really well for me, scored a couple of tons while I had him in the beginning of the season. Um, and then I got greedy and sold him and, uh, he's, you know, he's just kind of hovering around that, you know, kind of 60 plus mark a lot of the time without sort of doing a lot, but yeah, I could, I could see him being an option, uh, moving forward. 
relatively uh, rare for him to be that consistent. So normally Nicarima goes through patches, and I think he I think he did last year as well. He just has games where he goes ballistic and piques a bit of interest, and then people come out by him, and he, he will just go to shit. And I mean, well, that's, he wasn't that's putting his hand up for a field goal this weekend. <laughs> no, you were saying off air, like you, there's really no field goal uh, options in the Warriors' side at the minute now that um, now that uh, Sean Johnson's not there. So, geez, surely anyone will be better than CHT trying to pot one over from 10 metres. Well, I keep saying pass it to Bunty, but Nathan, Nathan Brown <laughs> just won't give him the minutes. He won't give him the bloody minutes. Oh. Doesn't understand. The fan club has a lot riding on that. Yeah. Mate, we want to see the emoji too. Stylesy shout out. That's right. That's right. 0.2% ownership view and Aiken, interesting pod you've raised there. Uh, I think had a grand total of 100 points from three games, but obviously with the try uh, in this game here, and, and you know, I, I like that uh, RTS involvement. I think the, the unfortunate timing for that is that Reese Walsh uh, is out. You would think if he takes the early guilty plea for this week. I wanted to ask you, because we raised this on the, the Tuesday pod this week, just whether or not Reese Walsh is a candidate for that fullback spot in Supercoach, given all the, the guns that are going to be missing uh, throughout Origin, but would you have been looking at him post uh, round thirteen to bring into your side? Well, I think he's a cracking option for draft. I don't think he's. It's it's just so hard. There's so many good players in that in that position. You know, you're kind of looking at losing a Pappenhausen or a Tommy Turbo or something like that. But I think if one of those guys goes down, you know, he 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 is an option. Yeah, for sure, because he's you know he's just um. He just seems to be involved in a lot of these really good attacking plays and he comes up with things that, you know, we haven't had anybody in the team like that since Sean Johnson. And, um, you know, we're conceding 30 points a game, but we're scoring roughly 30 as well. So, mm. um, you know, razzle-dazzle. <laughs> he's, Absolutely. He's involved in a lot of it. So I, I, I can see why people would do it. Rob Sutherland was talking about it through the week and I was trying to egg him on to do it. I was like, he's mm. my boy. You got to do it, Doug. You got to do it. But he didn't. he didn't quite muster the courage which is a shame because it's always it's always fun to let other people take risks and you watch rather than you doing it yourself um <laughs> i mean 83 actually would have had him up the top end so he pipped uh teddy pre-updates he pipped, obviously pipped turbo so i mean geez if you had a backed him in then you've actually gone better a week early so yeah, yeah it would have been a, a huge pun and he's skyrocketing in value i think he's made 200 plus k in cash and obviously going to go up this week as well. But Reese Walsh, uh, settle in and the Pro Broncos, I don't know what you've done, but uh, Warriors will be thanking you every day of the week. Tohu, uh, 58 points. What happened here? Yeah, he didn't have a lot of attacking stats. Well, he didn't have any attacking stats at all. It was, 58 was all, all all through base, I believe. He had a tackle break and that was it. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, the, he just he just had a quiet game by his standards. There were... Um, mm. The ball was was thrown quite wide quite early, even from that first set. I noticed we were looking to looking to shift the ball quite wide early. So, um, you know that that seemed that seemed to be a plan, and we were kind of running it along that that left hand channel quite a lot. Um, and when it didn't work, we thought, well, we'll keep doing it again and again. Surely something will happen, hmm. but it didn't. So, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure um, what happens there, but you know, every every player. In, in the second row, all those reliable positions has a, has, a, has a week like that. And I think this is just a bit of an anomaly for him. This is his lowest score of the year. So I wouldn't be too worried if I was an owner. And if I was looking to buy, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't uh, look at that as a reason not to buy. 
Yeah, just shows how good a, a year he's having, both in the NRL and Supercoach, that we're talking about 58 uh, from the second row as being a bit of a down one. So, worst score of the year, but yeah, still playing 80, still doing great things. Hylam Lukey, another newcomer to the Cowboys. He's played his second game, 42 points, nearly 50 minutes. So, very impressive in his time out there. Big body, uh, loves an offload, bust. He just looks the goods, and I think he's won his spot, particularly that chase on Reese Walsh. I think that's the kind of stuff that coaches just love seeing, uh, particularly out of young players. So, inspirational, didn't quite get him uh, just on the line there. But Hylam Lukey, I think a name that we're going to be talking about for a long time to come. Interesting possible round 14 downgrade if you do need to move a player on. We'll play 17 as well. Uh, anything you want to talk about in this game before you erase it from the memory bank? Uh, no, I've, I've moved on. Um, me and my counsellor have, have our own ways of sorting, <laughs> sorting through these things. So um, that's fine. We'll leave this for the couch, I reckon. Is that counsellor Jack Daniels or, or <laughs> yeah. Jim Beam? That's Big Jimmy. Right. Yeah, they're all on the PhD. They're all PhD. The <laughs> Tigers off to a hot start against the Dragons. Get the job done, 34-18. to 18. Uh, Big start for Dane Laurie, 117 points, a try, two assists. Uh, got a couple of held up in goal points as well, three points for each for those. So had a very good day out. Um, always one that people have their eye on trading out because he can have a bit of a down week. I think as he did the week before, but he's definitely got these games in him. He's gone from strength to strength being pushed into that fullback spot at the Tigers. So I think going forward, I I don't know about season-long keeper, but uh, a definite value play for next week if you've still held on to him and and possibly longer term. Uh, I'm not sure how you've read his season so far, but do you see him as being a guy you could potentially keep around uh, for the whole year? Maybe. Uh, Yeah, Mm. I think, yeah, he's, look, his... His value suggests that, you know, like once you get him through the buy round, it'd be, you know, even like a downgrade to a really capable round 17 player would be on the cards. But, you know, if it sort of comes down to the draw, if you like the look of the draw and you, and, and you think he's going to get, you know, sort of keep on scoring, then I think it's very hard to lose him from your side. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like there's, there's no second rowers you can put in your center wing really this year, except for Jack Bird and, Maybe Tyrone Peachy, but you know, so for the for, for the most part, you are going to get a little bit of rocks and diamonds here and there. And he he seems to be pretty good. His floor is kind of around thirty odd, or you know, early thirties. So, you know, I would take that from certainly some of my players. But you know, he he has cracked a ton a couple of times now. So mm. um, it is. I, I don't know. I'm I'm happy to hold for now. I have much bigger issues in my side. The one that I noticed was James Roberts, though, because he's he moved to the wing for this game, I believe. Um, he did. Yeah, two tries I, out there. Yeah, and I just, I just thought, you know, for for him the way he is now, just simplifying his role and using his speed, it does make a lot of sense. And you, you know, they are, you know, able to get the benefit of 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 his um of his speed if they just have him on the on the outside there. So I actually liked that, and I like I liked what I saw. So yeah, eighty two points from him, and he's so cheap. He's around the two twenty mark. That's so cheap. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've held him for the whole year. It's been a painful one because he's just scored terribly. But maybe now this is just a godsend. He's finally got a, a run just in time for round 13 um, and, and got a couple of handy centers in uh, in and around as well. So might get a, a lot of good ball out his way. Uh, Tommy Talao now playing at center, got 96. And Adam Dewey, who's just found a home uh, in this Tiger spot, now it's center. He was killing it at 5'8". We all thought it was a bit of a head scratch to move Dewey to uh, the center spot, but he's 
killing it. 83 here and uh, getting very heavily involved. His price is just insane. Mm. He's also kicking goals too. And, you know, I mean, the Tigers, mm. when they rack up 34 points, you know, he's he's quite a good goal kicker. So, you know, he had up to 20 points just for that in the, in the weekend. And, you know, he had a line break. He had a try assist. You know, he's just involved in quite a lot. And I don't know. I think I think this is the year that we've really seen him really step up into that really mature playmaking role. I know he's in the centres, but he's involved in so many of the good things that they do. Um, so I think anyone who's got him is laughing and you, you wouldn't be moving him. Um, so I mm, I would love to have him, but I don't think I'm going to have him for next week. No, just just too high a price. So well done to anyone that already got on. A couple of other ones here. Sean Bloor, 23 points, just not kicking on. Uh, his second game, I believe. Uh, so he's a cheapie. Maybe a lot of people jumped on uh, from round one, thinking he'll time his run pretty well heading into round 13. And he may just do that. I mean, the, obviously with Luciano being out, maybe there's a chance that he could go into the starting side. Good news as well for Stefano Utokamanu. I, I didn't want to say it. Uh, how would you rate that pronunciation just quietly? It's pretty good. Thank you, I'll take that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you very much, I'll take that. Uh, But yeah, so hopefully good news for him. Getting a spot in that 13 side would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And just finally on the Dragons, uh, I mean, outside of Corey Norman, 107 at the top, is there anyone really that we'd be looking at despite them playing round 13 next week? I had Cody Ramsey as my target of sorts, but he's gone and put a 22 with an HIA and now a 30. So yeah, big risk. Not interested in a little bit of Jared Beal? Yes. Gerard Peel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I did see that name. 60 points. Yeah, the old, uh, I've retired. Oh, not so fast. Coming back, playing a couple for the Dragons. Yeah, no, he, he came back. He actually looked pretty good out there, I thought. But, um, yeah, no, there's no one that really that interests me from the Dragons, unfortunately. And it's, you know, they've got, you know, they've got a couple of suspensions at the moment. And it's just, just lack of go forward, I think, and that strength on the edge. So they are, they are going to um, struggle to contain sides, I think. And when they play the really good sides, you know, there's going to be a lot of standing around under their own goalposts. So, Mm. um, no, there's no one there that really interests me. Somewhat of a surprising scoreline here. Penrith 30 getting uh, over the dogs four. It took a long time for them to click into gear, but obviously in the back back end of the game, they pulled away. But for a long time, uh, until Dallin Watanez-Lesniak threw a terrible offload into Spencer Lenny's welcoming arms, they were still in this game at 4-0. Um, so, yeah, tough loss for the Bulldogs. But Penrith, the juggernaut continues uh cleary 80 points i don't know if you watched the game but there was a bit of talk that one of the tries he was given was a bit contentious possibly could go elsewhere on updates did you see it yeah i did i think there was well at least at least one of the try assists was slightly iffy um it's it's one of those sorts of things you see people debating it over twitter and stuff but at the end of the day there is a subjective call that's that's made by mm. um you know, Fox Sports stats. So I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps it because he's Nathan Cleary. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he loses it because um, I have seen players not awarded for, for the exact same plays. So um, if, you know, I, I actually found the scoring updates really shocking this weekend. Like, that, you know, we're still waiting for a lot of updates from the Friday game. So um, really the Melbourne game is the only one that I think is updated. That I've mm. that I've that I've noticed, but um, so it's it's kind of hard to know exactly what you're getting with with Nathan Cleary, 
And I think um, a lot of people that were looking to loop or whatever because the game hadn't updated, you just can't be confident. So he could go down as low as early 60s. Yeah, which would be a, a dagger for any captain. Is, um, if you didn't end up looping at the likes of Nico Hines, you went with a Cleary captaincy. So, yeah, very you know, surprisingly low score. I thought he would have run away with this one. But, uh, well, behold, the guy that did run away, Charlie Staines. Old Stainesy himself, two tries, 92 points. So, bounce back from a 12. Classic Staines. Did you play him? Well, I sold him, so... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I, um, oh, I, I couldn't wait to get him out of, the, out of my side. He was one of those guys who you were just... Him and Simmonson and Saab and Fusatua, they're all those kind of guys at the start of the season. You know, you just couldn't help it because of the price. You're just like, let's go, let's go. And they just would not score tries. It seemed to take so long. And you had to make your decisions. Which one were you going to cut? So Fusatua went first, yep. and then I couldn't wait to get rid of Staines and his 17 points he was giving me each week. So um, ever since then, he looks like he's he's actually playing pretty well, and they're going to that side a lot more often. So uh, you know, so go figure, and congratulations to anyone that held because he's going to be quite a valuable extra player for you this week. We thank you for your service, Anton. Uh, much appreciated. Brian Toe on the other side, obviously much more uh, highly owned. Uh, I don't actually own him. I've been a running joke all year, but I don't own Brian Toe. Uh, not scoring tries, really, uh, in a lot of games. 56 points in just the four busts, so relatively well-contained. Uh, usually gets a bit of handy upgrades, and obviously now, uh, finds himself in the origin side. So uh, those owners might have been hoping to get an extra number, but given majority of the serious players in the game have Brian Toe, as you said, it's uh, much of a muchness. Other Penrith players that did okay, JFH, 69, well, in 58 minutes, mostly based from him. And Matty Burton, your new trade-in, uh, try and a length of the field try assist. Um, the Dogs have got a pretty good one on their hands here, haven't they? Yeah, I I think if you're Trent Barrett, I think he, you know when when he you know was watching him, I think there's a small part of him that would have been you know quite enjoying watching that, um, knowing that he's coming next year. So yeah, they 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 have signed a good one, and I think also the Panthers know it too. You know that's it's one of those things where you know you know you've got someone, but you don't want to wreck what you've spent years trying to build in the halves. So. But even at centre, I think he offers just so much. Just an ec- extra kick option. He's quite a big body as well. You think he's he's mm. he's he's not because he's a half, but he's 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 almost that kind of Schuster sort of size where you know he he could almost play second row if you put him there. Um, the other guy that caught my eye was Fisher Harris. So he's he's an, he's someone that a lot of people are looking at for that uh, for for next week. He's also dual position, and as I was saying before, front rows really hard to get right this year and uh, you know the way he's going you know he's got a he's got a you know fairly fairly healthy see that see the season average of 66 and a half so i think in the front row i mean you take that every every day of the week and he looked quite likely um a couple of times too to score a try so yeah He's not a bad show. He has scored a couple of tries this year and I think put someone over as well for one. So he has a, an attacking stat in his game. But I think any owners of him, and I've been an owner since round one, you just got to get used to sometimes he goes a little little down. He scores a you know 50 or so just because he doesn't get the minutes. But uh, when he's on, he's on. And I think a daytime game like this absolutely suited him. So hopefully a couple of offload upgrades for him. Some of the guys that didn't go so well here, and this is, a, I think, 
called him out. Your brother owns this guy as well, Jerome Luai. 17 points, shedding a ton of cash. Um, obviously done enough to get a, a Blues jersey. Again, a bit of a stinger for owners leading into next week, hoping he might not get there. But he will play Origin. Uh, but for now, it's been the Cleary show, and, and Luai's sort of been a bit part player. Mm. Fitler mustn't have Luai in his super coach team. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> super coach does not have uh yeah much super coach interest yeah that's right but yeah Jerome Lua, i don't know what's going on there i think he's uh you know sort of shoveling the ball on a bit more not running too much um obviously clear he's done all the work the last couple of weeks but even in this one he just yeah something's not uh not really clicking there similarly billy kick uh looks great in a couple of his runs and then just doesn't do much of them isn't scoring tries isn't offloading isn't busting uh my whole reasoning for buying him this week was that he was due you know that that science that someone who hasn't scored well for a while is just due yeah i think i think there are guys like viliami kick and um and Elias Akatoa, I think, are, are players that I don't know whether the the new speed of the game suits them as much. Um, you know, they're such big bodies, and you know they're they're really strong sort of carriers on the ball. But it it's often it's often quite hard to get them into as many runs as you need them to to get that 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 work up. So mm. I, I don't know. I kind of I worry about the bigger, less less mobile forwards on the edges there. Whether they're going to be able to keep up with the game and. Um, you know, able to play the the sorts of minutes that they're required to to get their numbers up. They really require those um, those extra tries that um, you know you bring them in for. So I, I'm I'm kind of steering away from those larger bodies on the edges for that reason. Yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly the game has sort of turned uh, since the start of the season. Now a lot of the, the littler men, uh, more mobile forwards, as you said, coming into the game and maybe kick out there. I think in the past, hopefully, just scores a meeting next week but uh did lose 10 minutes or so here for an HIA uh did come back uh, as the halftime siren uh went but I think he's yeah lost eight points in errors it was just a, a bad game for him and for the Bulldogs obviously not much super coach relevance here but Josh Jackson he finally returned didn't have too much of an impact on Luke Thompson's minutes he still pushed out 60 and I think got as many points um maybe that we were inflated with Brad Dietz uh going off with about in 10 minutes or so so they didn't have a, a hooker on the bench i don't think so ford's pushing out a, a few more minutes than they would normally do but outside of luke thompson there's not a lot to love in this dog side for supercoach is there no i'd agree with that yeah yeah it's um yeah it's, it's, it's not a side you get excited about i don't i don't think josh jackson i i always when i see his name i see him i see him on the field i always forget that he's still playing i i always he, just think yeah. that he's retired but he hasn't he's still there one of those guys in every rep side for a long, long time, and I think it's been a few years between drinks for him. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, still that's, there. That's really insulting for me to say that. I understand, but it's uh, yeah. I always get a surprise. I'm like, there he is. He's there. He's there. Oh, poor old Josh Jackson. Uh, Rabbitohs 38, defeating the Eels 20. Again, another high-scoring game. A lot of uh, winning sides putting on decent scores here. Origin Gagai. Uh, someone put the uh, setting on Gagai's back from uh, normal NRL player to origin player a week early. 163, three tries and an assist. Also feeding outside man Alex Johnson, who got 146 courtesy of his own three tries. So Origin Gagai. Uh, I know a few people had their eye on him. I think Wilfred had him at one point earlier this year. Uh, yeah, Gago has always been a bit rocks and diamonds in this caper, but for Queensland anyway, I did like what I saw. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually see this game, but I had a feeling 
uh, something like this was coming for the Eels. Um, I, I didn't think the Rabbitohs were quite um, up to strength the, the week before Latrell's first game back, just getting into the, into the hang of things. But I knew, I, I just had a feeling about this one that the, that the Rabbitohs were going to turn up. And I didn't quite expect it to be this convincing. Um, but yeah, I mean, shit, they played well, didn't they? Because also Murray was back. And I think he, he added quite a lot, you know, for Damien Cook in the middle there. I think those two guys play off each other really well. And um, the Eels tried hard, but they just couldn't get it going in, in the, um, uh, in the uh, you know, scorers department. So I'm a, uh, I'm a Paulo owner. So I've been struggling with his kind of low 40s for the last few weeks. And I'm, I'm pretty sick of that one. I I gotta say he's um he's 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 not quite living up to the living up to the origin standard in supercoach terms. That's for sure. And a lot of Matt Madison owners would have been pretty um, uninspired with that that forty as well. Yeah, a couple of sin biddings for Matto was one, and then Isaiah Papali. He was also off the field for ten, so that definitely ate into their points. And thankfully for Papali, he got a, a try. So. Um, you know, a nice seventeen point boost for him. But what what's the go with him this year? I mean, I watched him at the Warriors, and you know, he was serviceable enough, and you know, and Supercoachy did okay, and all that. He's gone to the Eels, and is he a different person? Like, who got off the plane? Yeah, it's funny, eh? Because the the first the first year that he played for the Warriors was a bit of everyone was like, "Whoa, look at this kid!" You know, and what was what was cool about him was his his agility. He wasn't a really a massive second rower. His mum was actually um, a New Zealand league player as well, and she played for the Kiwi Ferns um, when he played his uh, first match for the Kiwis. They were actually representing New Zealand at the same time, which that was is a cool story. Pretty crazy, hey? Oh, so and, mm. anyway, so we thought, hey, we've got something special here. But it was it was that that foot movement at the line and his his low body position that made him really awkward to tackle, um, and he he just had these really good ball skills and offloading ability, but. I think it was a couple of years ago uh, where Steve Kearney just decided he was going to play him as a middle. He didn't he didn't want him on the edge anymore, and he bulked him up at, over the off season, and he had him run out as the captain of the nines the nines team, and flew to Perth, and he got off the plane. I, I just remember seeing him run out. It was the it was the year where they left all the jerseys in Auckland, and they had to run mm. out wearing like the women's jerseys or something. Yep, and he came out, and I was just like, "Who is that?" He looked so much. I was like, "Is is his eyes eating the sheep or something?" He's huge, <laughs> and he was just—he was slow. He looked like he, he didn't know what his position was. He just looked a bit lost, to be honest. And he was playing mm. off the bench, and it was a new position for him. And I just don't—I just think um, he kind of uh, lost—he lost the love a little bit, and he didn't feel like he had the confidence of of the um, of the coach. And since coming to power, I think they've just—you know—just thrown that wind in his sails and said mate you are the ice man you need to show us what you can do and he's played edge he's played middle and you know i'm just really happy for him he looks like he's he's playing his best footy yeah he looks great absolutely one of the one of para's best uh on the night super coach anyway he was just off high score for para was 54 for reed marnie obviously pre-updates probably sitting on 52 close by but yeah not a lot of big scores for them gutho uh, a man I, I guess you're death riding he got 54 with a try uh very lucky early try got a bounce uh, out of the heavens into his very welcoming arms got the ball down just but yeah really it was the rabbit show here cody walker a couple of try assists uh could have had a few more if the scorers were kind 
couple did go to Latrell for the little bat-ons that he does. So Latrell, 77, bounced back again uh, from a lot of these bunnies. So good on Latrell. And you did uh, mention a name, Damien Cook, earlier. So he uh, challenged during the week by the media for probably the first time in his career. It's obviously not a, a yeah, thing that he's used to. But, yeah, people calling him out for his lack of runs. Started the game uh, with the first try. I was actually at a pub with a mate and, uh, yeah, we had a bad little investment session in those little uh, flashing lights, the uh, pensioner's PlayStation room. And uh, we stepped out and we just said, you know, let's try and win it back on this first try score. Who do you reckon? And he goes, Damien Cook. And I said, no, he's, he's just not running it. I'll put him down any time try scorer. So lo and behold, uh, there you go. <laughs> Damien Cook, first try scorer. That's why I'm not a millionaire. But, uh, <laughs> good on him. Good to see for the, the Blues anyway. They'll uh, definitely want to fire it up. Damien Cook, 103 points in this one. Uh, anything else from this game for you, mate? Uh, no, not so much. Walker fans will be... Um... You know, fairly happy that he's not on the origin side. I know they don't play um, this round, but uh, I mean, it's it's nice to know that he might be an extra number for them moving forward. But um, but yeah, there's there's just so much attack in that that rabbit side. Eh? I just can't get over the, they've now had two fifty point games. Uh, it's it's a bizarre season, and yeah. a team like the Rabbitohs in the top four getting points like that put on them. It's just a who knows, but they've got the cattle to definitely go deep in this competition. Roosters, 44, getting the job done over the Raiders, 16. Roosters definitely bouncing back from a shock loss last week. Uh, almost had to do it without Teddy. He went off the field briefly for a hit point of concern, obviously had people just deleting team left, right and centre, and then he came back out, broke the line a couple of times, set up a try, just did usual Teddy stuff to get him to nearly 80. So a welcome relief and, and good to see for Teddy that it's just a bit of soreness he's pulled up with, so nothing too serious. Your boy Tupanua, though, he uh, 86 points, top scored in this game here. It seems to be just he needs to get across the line and he'll go large. Outside of that, he, he could have a very low floor, but Tupanua, he's definitely reaping the benefit of some pretty quality play out there. Yeah, he just he's he's one of those really big rangy forwards that he's just got a lot of athletic skill and he puts himself in the right position a lot. So, yeah, he does he does retire, um, rely on a bit of attack, but you know he just looks likely that he's going to break through it against a lot of opponents. So you know, I'm happy to have him in the side. Of course, there's the the return of Boyd Cordner in round fourteen that a lot of people are talking about, but in current form, you know, he's playing really well. So I think they're going to have to find a spot for him in the side somewhere. Um, the troops are getting pretty low on the bench, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with what I'm seeing from him. And then the other guy was in that game that I I really thought was amazing was Joey Manu. He had a mm. huge game. Miracle try though. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, where he <laughs> yeah, like, juggled it just over the ground, got it over the line. It's just such an interesting cut for Supercoach because he just never is consistent he has a you know big game every now and again and catches the eye and then just for whatever reason joey manu just seems to be the forgotten man a lot of time yeah uh, in that lineup but for, you know this game he was quite handy i think when he's playing center he's not an option and that's mm. that's annoying because that's his best position but when he's put anywhere else suddenly you know he's you know and if you have have him in your draft or whatever that's that's a really good time to pick him up as, as if he gets moved to fullback or he gets to 5'8 uh, or something like that because he just he's just got really great hands and um, he's just capable of, of, of things that um, other players aren't. So, yeah, I was interested to see how, how he went for sure. 
Uh, for the Raiders, really of, of note here, not a lot. Uh, Josh Hodgson coming back and, and scoring a try and setting one up, I think, uh, nearly pushed 100, but uh, good to see for him. But how do we note I can't say it like you can, but uh, 82 points for CHN. Uh, very solid return, as you mentioned at the top of the pod. I think he's just doing a job, 400-odd K, uh, liking definitely what I'm seeing out of him. So I think uh, you and I, our 5% ownership for this guy, will that'll skyrocket over the coming weeks, particularly leading up to round 17. Joseph Suwali, he scored his first try and set another up. So the kid looks uh, every bit the gun that we've heard about, heard all about for the last couple of years. Uh, ran the ball 14 signs, uh, 14 times. So good signs for him. I think that's uh, could often be a, a risk. A young player like him coming into grade 17 years old, does he want to get the ball in his hands? And it's clear that he does. So it looks like they've gotten onto a pretty good one here. Yeah, he, he, he looked like he was doing the right things with the ball is quite uh, rangy and athletic. So it's just whether he keeps his spot, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're at full strength. So um, he's obviously on the bubble now. He's, he's played his second game and he'll have a low break even. So I think if you don't have him, a lot of people will be looking to bring him in. Couple of flops here. Uh, Matukavalu, he was somewhat talked about over the last couple of weeks, stepping into Bmos's uh, pretty giant shoes on the wing, but flopping up. Flopping it again. 22 points, just not scoring tries. Uh, so hoping for Ikevalu's sake and his owners that he starts to find line a, bit, a little bit more because he's definitely not doing the job. And Jordan Rappana, he returned, uh, did very little 15 points. Bit of a shocker from him. Anyone else? Mm, no, that's that's all. Oh, Siosiwa Tokaho is another guy as well that a lot of people have. Uh, 50 points, serviceable, but you know, you're kind of hoping for a bit more in your front row. Um, yeah, I had him earlier in the year, but I just, I just couldn't hold him. He's, he seems to, um, seems to attract the odd niggling injury as well. Um, but I think a lot of people would have had him this week. Bit of a, a shock one here. Sharks 38 getting the job over the, the Titans 10. Uh, didn't think they'd run away with it as they did, but the Titans were absolutely deplorable. Uh, not sure what's going on with them. They are very rocks and much less diamonds uh, in this 2021 season. Dave Fafita, he was back and uh, didn't have the best start to the game. I think he was on about 25, 30 points. He got pulled from the field, uh, sat on the bench for about, uh, 10 or 15 and then came back on and somehow got up to 91 points so no you held on to him well done there some of the runs that he was putting on they were like andrew fafita like uh just the crabbing runs he just pushes players off and just gets you know 12 16 points whatever for one run so thankfully for for you guys i guess you had that but uh I, you know what what did you make of this game here i thought he wasn't at his best no that i mean it was a it was. It was uh, I'm happy I'm not a Titans fan this weekend because mm. if I if that, if they were my team, I, I just wouldn't know if I'd be able to get through that full game. It was a really lackluster performance from them. Their line speed was really really slow, and when you've got Sean Johnson playing his 200th game uh, and Matt Moylan, you know they they love retreating defensive lines and all that sort of thing. So they were just too quick for them on the edges and sort of cut them to pieces but certainly Dave Fafita yeah he just he just he just loves it eh? like I remember there was there was one whistle they actually blew the whistle and he went through with the fend anyway and the guy had stopped running and he hit him in the chest and sent him flying backwards the guy looked up like he's blown the whistle he went oh yeah sorry yeah but yeah, <laughs> love he just loves it he loves a good old swat hey 
Mm. Oh, it's just, you know, way better than Andrew Fafita ever was and, and much less crabby, but still have a bit of that mold to him. And for Supercoach, it's exactly what you want to see, right? Who cares uh, oh, if you make two metres? So, yeah, uh, good, on, good on him. SJ, 68 points. You did mention him. He does love the retreating defensive line. Probably, I thought, put his best game for the year on in here and infirming definitely for round 14 post uh, halves pickup. So dual position, I believe, and going to play that round 17 by. So hopefully SJ is a bit of a confidence player. This might just give it to him. And maybe Matty Moylan looks to be his settled halves partner for now. So do you reckon, uh, I mean, Will Kennedy at the back doing pretty good stuff. Maybe this is a spine where SJ can actually capitalize. Do you see him as an option uh, for, I guess, obviously the bye week, but then maybe longer term? Is there a return to the SJ of old? Yeah, I think I don't. I don't see why he couldn't return to be, you know, the player who was uh, leading the comp for triassists last year before he did his injury. That you know he was playing very well then. He's he's not the. He'll never be the same Sean Johnson that had that lightning acceleration like we saw in his earlier in his career. But you know, certainly if the if the Sharks are putting on you know thirty plus points, he's going to be involved in a lot of that. Um, the question is really who's you know whether you know there's three halves. Vying, vying for two spots at the moment and Chad Townsend's a good player so um, you would think that maybe Moylan is the guy that misses out but I thought Moylan played really well today as well mm. um, so yeah I think he is he is a trade-in target there you know I, I don't think he's got the same the same floor as a lot of other players and he's kicking goals so you know that's a big thing I think when you're when you're looking at someone to bring in and he's got the halfback 5-8 flexibility too which a lot of people find handy yeah, I think good news is for SJ potential owners is that Chad Townsend's out and SJ's now kicking goals. I think he kicked about five or six today, so had the boot and the radar going. Uh, hopefully price stabilizes, 109 break even. So we'll shed some cash and hopefully firm as in a buy-in. Jesse Ramian had his uh, finally back and back with a bang. A try, nine busts. He was very dangerous out there, 100 plus points for him. And then some of the Titans players who were relatively highly owned. Tino stung by a binning in the, the first half, just held down too long. That was the start of the rot for the Titans. They did not get back into the game after that. But Tino, uh, yeah, bit ordinary from him. But Brian Kelly, uh, I've owned this guy for about a month and a half now. He scored the opening try. I was cheering and then proceeded to score, I think, zero points in the second half, finished with 30. Uh, yeah, parked on the wing. Brimson went off with about half an hour, I think, to go. But they just didn't want to pass it down his edge. Tanner Boyd, uh, can you please pass the ball champion? He's been a very frustrating player for a lot of people this year, Brian Kelly. You know, such an attacking side. He was he was playing outside of the feeder, and I think a lot of people had him, you know, in for a career year this year. But it just just doesn't seem to be falling his way, unfortunately. Mo Fotowaika is another guy I noticed in this game as well. I mean, he'll probably get the Origin call up, but um, I thought he was he, he's he's looking outstanding at the moment. Like just an actual in an actual NRL. He's one of the few players in the Titans side, I think, that can that can really hold their head up each week. He's you know he's playing really good footy, and he got an eighty one um, in the uh, unupdated scores. So you know that's really promising for owners or for people who are looking to bring him in. One hundred and two points last week as well against the Dogs. Uh, so he's backed it up two weeks in a row now. Here, unfortunate timing. He will go into camp. You'd imagine for the yeah. Queensland side who are in desperate need of some forwards, some healthy forwards. So Fodawaka, maybe a run home sort of play there if you can come out of Origin unscathed. Any other final words on Sharks Titans? No, that's it, mate. 
Last game of the round, another surprise result. 18 uh, for the Knights go over the Manly side, 10. And obviously from the, the top of the pod, we mentioned that Tommy Turbo was our flopper of the week. I did not see that one coming. Uh, we talked about him just not getting the ball or uh, being the link player, I suppose, the guy running the ball. But Knights defended pretty damn well on him. So congratulations to them. Not so for anyone that captained him. And for the Knights, a popular contingent that we've uh, talked about since the start of the year, uh, Connor Watson, 80 points, Mitch Barnett, 60 and a junk time try assist uh, to Jaden Braley. So thankfully for that, that got him to 51 points. But yeah, it was looking a little dicey. Um, are you an owner of all three? I am an owner of all three. And it's uh, I probably wouldn't have been if the Knights weren't playing round 13. Um, I know when Lockie Fitzgibbon came back to the Knights, it's kind of really thrown Mitch Barnett's um, role and his also his scoring up in the air and that's affected Watson as well because they're kind of sharing sharing position but Watson went to 5-8 today so he, that's why he played the full 80 minutes and I didn't get that note and I played Jason Saab ahead of him so Lovely. I got that 80 staring at me from the pine but when old Sabotage ran the length of the field I was, I was feeling pretty good about that but um, you know he doesn't get a line break for that because it came from a kick so um but yeah, eighty points for Connor Watson. Like his his thing is always about whether he gets minutes or not. He's got a really super coach friendly game. Um, he's just just really nuggety, and um, he always keeps coming at the at the defensive line. So if he can if he can you know uh, you know hold on to those minutes next round, you know that'll be gold. It'd be great to to see him score well next week for those who held. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I thought he played much better than Kurt Mann has it at 5-8th, and you saw how heavily involved he was and set up that try for, for Sue at the end of the half. So I thought uh, Watson was definitely ticking a lot of boxes. Maybe it's just his value as a utility player that holds him back. Did for Tyron Peachy for a few years there. So it can just be sometimes you're too good in too many positions and uh, doesn't bode well for Supercoach. Barnett, though, uh, did get a little bit of a bonus at the end. I think it was uh, Tex Hoy went off the field with concussion and Mitch Barnett came straight back on. Looked like he was getting his afternoon called a little bit early but pushed his way to about 60 minutes, I think. Uh, so, I mean, good result but a, a little lucky. Even got a goal kick uh, when he came back on the field and, uh, straight under the post. So Mitch Barnett, I mean, he's very high on my trade-out list as soon as round 14 ends, and I just don't think this current night setup with Lockie Fitz there does much for him. Um, so, I'm, yeah, no, I don't think I've seen anything that would lead me to hold Mitch Barnett any longer than I need to. So I assume for you, is he a round 14 punt? Yeah, straight to Torhu Harris for me in round 14. Love it. Great play. Bradman Best, the other one for the Knights, had a, a few owners. He went okay, 51 points, still not quite kicking on as he did last year, but hopefully a uh, big round for him for 13 and anyone who's got onto him. And finally, what an AE nightmare this was. Benny Trebojevic, uh, the third turbo. He finally got on the park with about 90 seconds to go. Proceeded to have a couple of hit-ups, a tackle, and then get uh, heavily concussed by Dave Clemmer, of all people. So five points for him. Nightmare for anyone that owned and maybe had as an AE. But uh, speaking of, I think Joe Fitz uh, messaged chat earlier and said someone in one of his comps had Dane Laurie as their auto-emergency. He had 117 points, so I think they'd looped Nico Hines. They had Ben Trebojevic. So if he didn't go on the field with 90 seconds to go, that was a 112-point turnaround. So how good super coach? Oh, no. Yeah, well, he would have been my automatic emergency if I'd looped Nico Hines too, so... Um, 
a crisis averted there. I was just hoping that they, uh, all the three Trebojevic brothers, would have thrown thrown the ball to each other in in fast succession just to see what the commentators would do. Oh, mate, the turbo to turbo to turbo play. I think yeah. they even had they had a, a sportsman had a market on them all scoring a try in the same game. So you're not going to do it with 90 seconds to go, but um, no, good to see anyway. Um, not great for for Supercoach, obviously, but at least Benny Turbo finally got the run on the park. Yep. Any final words on this one, mate? No, not really, mate. The, the other the other one I I looked to dodge was um, actually Ruben Garrick. I was looking at him through the week. Um, he was up over 600,000. I just thought Manly's run looks really sweet from here. And, and it still does. Like this could just be um, a bit of a shake up, you know, for Desi's side. But um, I was strongly looking at him after a strong performance. And I just thought, no, nah, you know what? I reckon I'm going to get a similar output from Saab. Um, ended up happy with that decision. But um, but yeah, he's, um, he's, he's certainly someone who you wouldn't have thought at the start of the year would be a 600 um thousand dollar player but you know i think if manly can turn it on um he's you know he's he's every chance of being a regular scorer every week three tons so far this year i couldn't believe that last last week when i did some of the stats but ruben garrick uh killing it and 47 here you're not uh sneezing at that either given some of those other manly scores so there you go i yeah for a guy that was struggling to make the round one side it's remarkable just how far he's come Anton, what a big uh, big round 12 it's been. We have obviously a, a very big round 13. This is the moving week for a lot of super coaches who've planned for months and months to get the side they want and then the carnage that happens inevitably with origin teams, injuries, suspensions, all that fun stuff. We've thankfully finally gotten there. Uh, final word, have you? how many are you looking at having suit up for you come this time next week? Oh, geez, I, I have to check my side, but I'm a bit like you. I've got, got Utokamanu, I've got Simkin, uh, those type of players where you're not 100 percent sure if they're going to saddle up, but let's just kind of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I, th- I think I've got about 11 players. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, not all of those are quality players, and that's another thing that you know people need to keep in mind too. It's not just about numbers in round 13. It's about you know, there's, for example, there's there's no sense in you know kind of ringing in a bench prop just so you've got an extra number for for the round, you know, you want them to be quality players that you don't necessarily have to kick out of your side straight away or guys that are going to um, end up being an automatic emergency nightmare for you later on. So maybe just keep that in mind when you're trading. Very interesting. I've actually managed to wrangle up 18. So, you know, they'll probably all score 10. So that's, you know, I've gone hard on this round 13 week, but I've sort of cost myself around 17, I think. But anyway, Jimmy the Jet, Otokamano, can you just please score? It'd be great. Philly kick out. I've got my eye on you as well. Um, final thing, Anton, no watch house visits for you while you were in Brisbane. I didn't see your name in the paper on the on Monday for courthouse attendance or anything like that. You were relatively well behaved. Uh yeah, relatively. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I was just a I was only in there for for one night, so um I had a lot to get done and a lot of people to see <laughs> and a lot, a lot of things to do. So there wasn't a lot of sleeping going on, but uh I had a awesome time at Magic Round. Um and nice. I strongly suggest that anybody has, if they have a chance next year and if you've been thinking about it, you should just bloody hop on a plane and go do it because when I got on the plane I was sitting next to the Warriors and I had the Panthers behind me. I did not know what to do with and myself. <laughs> your photo with Bunty, mate, will uh, be framed. Thankfully, you went for the redo as well. I saw the selfie and I thought, oh, no, he's bottled it. <laughs> oh, mate, back. it was a shocker. And, and, the, and the, the shame of a grown man 
uh, asking for a second snap because the first one you took was was too shaky. Um, mm. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm in my late thirties. That's it's a little bit embarrassing. So, um, <laughs> but he was but he was very gracious and he he signed my shirt and all that sort of stuff. I was actually sitting next to Josh Curran, and he told me to put him into his Supercoach team and he scored a try. So thank you, Josh. Um, wish you a speedy recovery, Bang. Josh Curran. Yeah, absolutely. Would love him suiting up in in round seventeen. Funny you say that about the whole getting photos thing. I saw Michael Morgan, my boy, in on the Friday King George yes. Square, and I got a got a photo with him. Then I walked away and I thought I should have gotten him to reenact the trial with me. I've uh, I haven't got you on socials, <laughs> but I've, I've well known amongst that circle to put some uh, drunken grand final twenty fifteen try reenactments up there. I could so see I should have had felt too on the concrete. Oh, man. I would have absolutely bottled it, I reckon. I would have dropped the ball or something like that. And then you can't, I mean, asking for a photo is one thing, but asking for a second uh, flick pass offload reenactment, I think that would have absolutely done me. (laughs) That does us for this one, Anton. Thank you very much for joining me. I know it was a tough slog. Uh, Cowboys getting the Warriors. You obviously knew you were going to get some yeehaws and give your love to a Cowboy man, but you made it through. Thank you very much. Well, we'll we'll see you in the grand final anyway, so that's all good. Ah. Absolutely. If we don't meet the Bulldogs or the Sharks or any other fine, fine NRL teams that we got going around. All the best for your round 13, all the best for this coming week and uh, enjoy it, mate. Yeah, you too, man. I'll speak to you later.